You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 12 of the Tool Station Westernly podcast with me, Ian Knockholds. And I am delighted to welcome onto the line, it is Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Tool Station Westernly Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, great to speak to you as always. I'm doing all right. And yourself? Sounding, still sounding a little bit little bit um, under the weather, but yeah, how are things in general? Yeah, I know. I've got man flu. Mm. Um, I had a very interesting weekend. Um, yeah, my, uh, my wife took me out to Swindon. And okay. um, we went to a cocktail bar, which is not something that I normally do. I drank some pink things, <laughs> tasted very pink. Really. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and then on Saturday, I spent the day walking around Oxford looking for Alice in Wonderland. Did you find her? I did, actually, at the end. Yes, it took us three hours. The, <laughs> the winners of the competition managed it in 45 minutes. Okay. And... Um, you are, by the way, listeners. You are listening to the Tool Station Western. Mm, I was going to say, yeah, this is different. It, very much so. And I, I, I mean, frankly, anybody who came in a little bit late might think I'd had a weekend in Amsterdam. <laughs> um, but no, 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 I didn't. And uh, I don't think it's done my man flu any good at all, particularly. Um, it was very entertaining. We had a lovely time, mm-hmm. um, but uh, unfortunately, it didn't involve any football. So uh, I, there, there I was, in between checking in various sort of, you know characters from the mad hatter's tea party i was trying to keep up to date with the scores from the uh, from the tool station western league but i don't need to worry about that now do i because that's exactly what we're going to be doing on this week's episode of the yeah. podcast uh our premier division manager is mackenzie brown the millbrook manager and of course they are the first who managed to defeat our league leaders bridgewater united so i'm really looking forward to speaking um, to Mackenzie, and in the first division, we're going to be speaking to an old friend of the podcast. He, he's a, a larger than life character with an incredible backstory, which we might not even get to in the uh, in the interview. So much there is to discuss. Hallen, their manager Stuart Jones. Hallen, of course, one of those sides that have left the Western League. They've come back to the Western League. And, uh, well, it's always a pleasure to talk to Stu, but we'll be getting his um, his thoughts on that. And, of course, we will have a little bit of a look at our league tables as they're shaping up at the moment. But we're going to kick things off, Tom, with the matches played on September the 15th of October. Whilst I was walking the mean streets of Oxford looking for Inspector Morse, Helston Athletic entertained Saltash United, a proper top-of-the-table clash, a proper Cornish derby. Who came out on top? It was a very dramatic game, indeed. It was the game you picked out last week, and it lived up to the lived up to the billing. And it was a Saltash victory, uh, right at the death. Two uh, one win for them away at Helston. Uh, terrific, terrific um, uh, tussle between uh, a couple of Cornish sides, as you say. And it, it did go the away of uh, the way of the away side, injury time winner, uh, and they come from behind to do so. Uh, Ruben Wilson putting Helston ahead. Uh, early in the second half, uh, but then Saltash did manage to draw level uh, 15 minutes later or so, and that was through Alex Cairo, uh, making it one all and setting up a, a, a thrilling finale. And uh, yeah, we, we well, the neutral got the uh, the um, the late drama that, that they came for, and it was uh, Dave Barker in the 90th minute, uh, quiet in the home crowd, and uh, yeah, gave um, gave Saltash a, a big victory, which uh, we'll touch on the league tables later, but it has uh, pretty big ramifications. Um, if that game was close, Tom, then our next game wasn't. Unfortunately, it wasn't a great day at the office for the Green Army. Welton Rovers travelled to Ilfracombe 
and uh, the small matter of eight goals. Yeah, it seems to be the case that every week we get sort of one result that really does take your eye and you think, surely that's something that's gone slightly awry there. So, uh, yeah, and that was probably this one, I think. Ilfra Kuhn putting eight past Welton, four in either half. Um, so, yeah, fantastic afternoon for the host, not so for the, for the Green Army, as you say. Uh, Jack Langford and Harry Stevens uh, putting them two up pretty early on. Uh, Charlie Prentice, I think this was uh, reportedly the, the goal of the game, um, scoring uh, scoring to make it 3-0 pile, driving the ball into the top corner. Uh, and then it was Stevens striking again to, to close out the first half scoring, as I say, four, four at the break. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it was um, pretty, pretty early in the second half where the game was, comp- well, I mean, not that many teams come back from four goals, but uh, I'm sure somebody will, will do it at some point uh, this season. But it wasn't Welton. Uh, Sam Wright scoring twice uh, towards the start of the second half, making it 6-0, uh, putting the game to bed. And there was uh, a further late goals from Liam Shaw and then also a penalty from Jed Harper Penman. Which is, you know, a, a very um, impressive legal... Well, it's a legal firm, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, Right then, um, eight goals at Ilfracombe, nine goals at mm. Canesham. This time, though, it was a little bit more competitive, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was uh, yeah game of the day, I would would say. Yeah, Barnstaple, uh, 5-4 winners uh, away at Canesham, who, yeah, they're having a bit of a tough time, and it looked like they were uh, coming coming to, to grab the three points. They went 3-1 up uh, at the interval uh, in this one, the home side, and that was, yeah, that was pretty good going. Uh, a couple of goals uh, from... Uh, Brendan Opateri, uh, also a goal from Henry and John Joe. Uh, so that was, um, yeah, as I say, 3-1 up at the break. Debutant Opateri, that was as well. So pretty pretty good start to, to, to life at Cainsham for himself. Uh, but unfortunately for them, uh, Barnstable managed to, to hit back. Uh, they were level after about 66 minutes, so it was about midway through the second half. Stu Bauk was scoring the first of his goals, uh, making it 3-0. Uh, there was then a... Um, a penalty from Dylan Lewis, uh, putting Canesham back in front. So that's a pretty good, pretty good battling qualities, you'd say. Obviously hit by a bit of a, bit of a sucker punch after the break, but to, to go back in front, uh, that was yeah, pretty good going. But uh, yeah, unfortunately for them, they were unable to hold on to their lead once more. Uh, Ilfra Coombe, uh, leveling once again uh, through Bowker, and uh, yeah, that was followed then by the the late drama with Callum Laird. Uh, helping them pull off a pretty incredible victory. So, uh, yeah, nine goals there and uh, five of them going the way of the away side. So a Barnstable win uh, at Canesham. A fantastic advertisement for Tool Station mm. Western League football, Absolutely. that was. Uh, and now our final game that we're going to be reviewing in the Premier Division was Millbrook against Bridgewater United. Millbrook perhaps going a little bit under the radar this season. Six, de- um, six wins, six defeats. I'm not pulling up too many trees unlike their opponents Bridgewater undefeated going into this game some of us who have been watching Bridgewater in recent seasons have obviously been waiting for a title charge and this season it's certainly come they would need to overcome their inconsistency well we're in October so they've done pretty well so far but their inconsistency came at Millbrook Tom it did the final unbeaten run uh unbeaten start should I say to to the season in in either divisions finally come to an end, and that's Bridgewater. They did fall to a three one defeat at Millbrook, so fantastic result for the hosts uh, in this one. Uh, and they were, yeah, pretty 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 much on it from the word go. Uh, two goals up inside twenty minutes. Uh, a couple of Joshes on the score sheet there: Josh Johnson and Josh Toulson, uh, putting the hosts uh, in in command. Uh, United did then get back into the game. Uh, Jake Brown, their top scorer this year. Uh, halving the deficit just prior to half time and obviously yeah probably putting 
put Millbrook under the pump a little bit. Uh, but they, uh, yeah, fair, fair play to them. Lived with it in the second half and uh, managed to managed to claim all three points uh, thanks to a, a stoppage time uh, goal from Sean Thompson. So that put put the uh, put the two goal advantage back in their favour. So they'd held held Bridgewater off and then hit them hit them where it hurts most uh, right at the end of the game. Uh, and they ran out three one winners. So uh, yeah, brilliant brilliant afternoon's work from Millbrook. A fantastic result for Millbrook and a perfect opportunity for me to get back in touch with their manager, Mackenzie Brown. And I started my conversation with Mackenzie by reflecting on the fact that Millbrook are the first team to beat the league leaders. So is that more of a reflection on where Millbrook are or where Bridgewater are? As a whole, it's cool, really. I mean, we, we obviously, to get any kind of result, against uh, a side like Bridgewater to clearly fly in. Um, you need to perform. So there's no doubt about it that we did our part. We, we certainly performed and it's very difficult and probably not for me to say kind of whether Bridgewater were at the races or not. Uh, we did maybe feel in the opening stages of the game that they were a little bit kind of off it slightly and, and that might have been obviously away games are tough in this league uh, and we took advantage of that but don't get me wrong as, as soon as we went kind of 2-0 up and I think we deserved that in the opening stages um, they came into the game and, and, and they were a force and um, they're a good side they've got some really really good players they scored just well just beyond the half an hour mark and, and I think that was a really key moment in the game really just get into half time um, it would have been easy for us to perhaps collapse a little bit and for them to, to kind of put their foot on the gas and get that equaliser before half time but I thought kind of getting to that stage was really really key and we managed to do that and held on the second half I mean when you look back on this season do you think that's the best performance you've you've uh, put together so far potentially I mean we went down to Mausel midweek and won um, and, and that was a that was a big week for us really we beat Bitten on the Saturday and we went down to Mausel midweek and won and then drew a Barnstable on the Saturday so that was a really um, positive week I, I think obviously Mausel and the Mausel result and the Bridgewater result are, are two that, that stand out and they were um, you, need, you need similar levels of quality and, and, and effort and desire and actually belief is the most important thing in those games and, and that's what both games brought um, quite different because obviously they, they've got different styles um, and so we obviously had to defend in long periods against Mausel and, and stay really really organised whereas the game is a little bit more open against Bridgewater but, but yeah those two definitely stand out for me as, as our results of the season so far because it's been the best of times and the worst of times for you this season, isn't it? I mean, you, things started so well, and then you went on a bit of a horror run yeah. um, of defeats. Um, but you've really turned things around, you know, in the last in the last month. So you must be pleased with that. Yeah, absolutely delighted, and you're spot on. I mean, it was very reminiscent to our kind of whole season last year. We we split the last season into three different stages really, where it was a, a bad start and then we had an amazing run in the middle and then a poor finish of the season and we've we've almost kind of experienced that already. Um uh, but yeah we it's funny actually we, we, we had such a good start to the season and, and after the Mausel game and the Barnstable game in particular, I think we were sat on ten points. Um and I remember saying to the lads that it took us till the last day in October last season to get to ten points. Um, but we, we did say this league is very um, unforgiving and, and if we're not kind of at the races, we can still be on 10 points come the end of October. Uh, and it didn't look like that was going to be the case at one point. Um, but you've just got to keep trusting in what you're doing. You've just got to keep kind of preparing in the right way, training and, and, and saying the right things and, and just believe that it will turn around. And we don't get me wrong, we, we had a really difficult run of games um, in those defeats. We lost to Salt Ash and Shepton Mallet. 
We went up to Ilfracombe, which is a really difficult place to go. Um, and we played Bridgewater at their place as well in that run. So they're probably not games that over the course of the season would really turn too many heads if you lost them. But I think it's because it's one after the other after the other. Um, it, it obviously looks quite bad. And, and uh, we, yeah, we had to do well to turn it round. And, and we did. We, we played Ashton Blackwell and scored in the last minute to get a winner. And it just kick-started a little run of four victories for us. So, so really pleased. Yeah, in that run of defeats, you played Bridgewater and they beat you 5-1. Did you yeah. learn something about them that day that you were able to use on Saturday? Not so much about them in particular, um, but just more the league. Uh, it, it kind of that we we know what this league can be, and, and we weren't at the races at all that day. I mean, we were two 0 down within about seven minutes. And what was frustrating for us that day, as good as Bridgewater are, um, they didn't actually have to, to to work to carve us open. They didn't have to create many chances because we were we gifted them chances on a plate really, and and, and we saw how ruthless they are. Um, so the one thing you do learn is that you, you get punished by these good sides, and, and that's what we learned very quickly last year as well. You, uh, you you present chances to some of these players, and and it's just no doubt that they take them, uh, and and that's what we saw that day. They. They, um, to be honest, I remember we played Soltash early in the season as well, and we lost one nil there. And we were we were very poor in the first 45 minutes, and Soltash should have been three or four nil up against us, but they just didn't take their chances. And and Bridgewater, on the other hand, were ruthless that day. And, and yeah, they they really humbled us, to be honest. And there's nowhere to hide. You're out there, you're four one down at half time, and it, it could be a disastrous afternoon. And you've got to stand up, and and that's where you make improvements. So you're currently. You're currently seventh in the uh, yeah. in the Premier Division. You last season, of course, you finished you finished twelfth. So I, I guess your current position is an improvement upon that. What are the expectations for you? What, what, where would you like to finish this season? Yeah, I think we're kind of in and around where we would love to be um, from a league point of view. I think that would be if we were to kind of fast forward to the end of April and we are where we are now. Then I think that would be an amazing season for us. But there's like that little. We're kind of top of a little pack in there. There's, we, we could lose on Saturday and drop five or six places. Um, there really is nothing between that middle section of the league, from what I understand. And there's a couple of teams that have got games in hand. So I think kind of operating in that area of the league is probably where we'll be. I mean, in those opening stages, we've um, we've actually played five of the top six already. Um, so so with that in mind, we're, we, we've done okay considering. But um, but yeah, I think if we can kind of finish where we are in and around that kind of top half, it'll be a good season. You've set me up nicely now for the next question because you've just said, of course, you've played five of the top six. I mean, who do you think are going to be the, the runners and riders? Who do you think is going to be in contention for winning the Western League this season? Yeah, it, it could be any of them. It really could be any of them. I think uh, that they've they've all got different strengths. Um, I think, uh, say, Bridgewater had a fantastic start, and and you know how important that momentum is, and, and they've really kind of destroyed some teams, including us this season. Um, Soltash just seem to be kind of operated in their slipstream and just getting results, and, and they've got a lot of know-how, and and obviously Shane and Danny have got a lot of experience at this level, and 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 that will help them. Uh, Mausel you can't go too far away from them because they are um, obviously an excellent football inside and the other teams may just have more than one string to their bone and, and I do wonder maybe, maybe against Mouse or some teams they seem to have kind of disrupted them a little bit in games and, and they, they have a particular way of playing against Mausel and, and that might make things very difficult for them on a weekly basis but there's no getting away from the fact they're the best football team in the league 
So it's probably going to be one of those, um, I imagine. I mean, obviously, Shepter Mallet have had a good start as well. Um, but I think at the moment, the front runners are who they are, Saltash and, and Bridgewater. And I think Mauser will come good with a run because they, they did last year and they, and, they, and they always seem to. So it's probably going to be one of those three, I imagine. Now, next season, it looks like the Southwest Peninsula League and the Western League are going to merge. Um, you know, what does that proposal mean for Millbrook? Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, really. Um, I, I don't think many kind of managers or, or clubs really know how to, to take it because there's obviously pros and cons with both. I mean, we're geographically almost smack bang in the middle, um, being kind of on the perimeter of Plymouth and Cornwall. We we travel a couple of hours down to Mousel and Falmouth and Helston, and then we travel a couple of hours up to the Bristol side. Um, so so travelling is obviously one of the aspects to, to the decision, I imagine, but... Um, I certainly feel for those clubs having to make four or five hour journeys um, I, I think that's not sustainable at all and it's, it's difficult for the players and the clubs especially with the cost of, of coaches and things like that but on the other hand the quality is fantastic and, and the intensity of the game is absolutely fantastic every single week um, there's no straightforward games at all even if you find yourself two or three nil ahead the intensity of the game is, 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 is always on a knife edge so so as long as the, the quality is not going to be too disrupted, and, and by no means are we one of the better teams in the division, we're not, but we still love challenging ourselves against that quality every week. And I think maybe look, look, for us, if it turns into a Devon and Cornwall league, um, it's going to have an impact on that, especially, say, for example, just let's just say I've got two of Mousel, um, Bridgewater and, and Saltash go up, and you're, you're going to be losing two top sides there. Last year we we lost Exmouth and Tavistock, who would be in the in the kind of um, in in our geographical area as well. So, yeah, it's um, I just I, I personally love the the standard and the quality that we're up against every week, and I hope that that wouldn't diminish too much. Um, but I think inevitably that that would happen. Um, but then it's very very difficult at times. Like when you've had a long week at work, and then you think, oh, we got to travel up to Welton, like we did last week. It's it's, it's leaving home at half nine and getting in at half nine. It's, it's a long old day. So, yeah, it's 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 a tricky one. But I think um, I'm I'm a big fan of the quality of the league, to be honest. Um, right, you've got Clevedon away up next. Um, and um, they've started to pick up form of late. That's not going to be an easy game for you, is it? No, not at all. Um, really good side from what we remember of last year. Uh, we, we, we went up there and, uh, and we barely touched the ball against them. So, uh, thankfully, our goalkeeper had a really good game that day and we, we managed to scrape them nil-nil, I think. But, yeah, they were excellent that day and, and they're a good team. It's a great setup up there. We, we love going up there and visiting that ground last year. So, we just got hope that we, we can take our current form and the momentum that we've built in the last couple of weeks into that one. But... That's the, just been talking about the quality of this league. That's that's the beauty of it. You, God knows what's going to happen. Um, so so we look forward to it, and um, and hopefully we can we can as I say take our our current form into it and, and and pick up some more points on the road. And and any points that you, you pick up on the road are, are positive ones, whether it's one or three. So so that will be the aim come Saturday. And then it's Buckland and Helston at home. Um, two really tough tests. Yeah, absolutely. We've not played Buckland yet this year. Um, obviously, they're a, a little bit of a new regime up there with Dan, and, and uh, they've had a really great start to the season as well. So that'll be really tricky. Um, and we, yeah, we we did play Helston uh, midweek a few weeks back. Um, so they've also had an equally good start. But 
It, to be honest, it really doesn't matter like who you're playing. Like the, the games, they're all tough. I mean, yes, those two teams are. They're probably going to have aspirations to be kind of finishing in, the, in the, the top area of the league. So you have to make sure that you're. You have to make sure that you're ready. Um, you reel off those names of those clubs, and and uh, a four win, four game winning streak can soon be forgotten very quickly. Because um, if you're not at it, then you're talking about a losing streak. There, not we were a few weeks ago. So we have to make sure that we're ready and prepared, and and we will be, um, and and hopefully that we can be as equally tough for them as they will be for us. Uh, that Buckland game is a two o'clock kickoff. Obviously, we're seeing this more and more across all of football at the moment, in, and uh, including the uh, the Western League. How is that manifesting itself for you? I mean, I appreciate you might not necessarily be party to the decision to move the kickoff time forward, but you will be responsible for making sure that the players are available and and obviously ready to play and compete at two o'clock. So, I mean, what does it mean for you? Yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be a tricky time because I think even regardless of that, you. you players themselves are probably going to find themselves in a bit of a conundrum where certainly those players that could possibly work on a Saturday um, and, and at the moment they're giving up a whole day of work perhaps to play football so so that's going to be uh, a, a kind of tricky conundrum for players and you just hope that obviously the, the, the passion they have for the game will, will, will see that decision kind of go our way but yeah it's tricky I, I completely get it I, I completely get why, why clubs want to move it an hour forward to try not to get the floodlights on if they can help it it's going to be a huge challenge I mean Millbrook itself is a is a small village club um, that it, it's a club that isn't necessarily busy throughout the week um, we don't get huge amounts of people through the crowd uh, through the grounds um, to, to watch the games um, we, we rarely hit three figures in terms of attendances so it's very very difficult uh, we rely heavily on volunteers as all the clubs do so yeah it's going to be um, a really tricky time and I think all clubs need to pull together and uh, and to understand that it's, it's, it's the same for everybody I think all clubs are in the same boat for us and for the players hopefully um, it shouldn't have too much I mean I think one, one or two lads uh, are on shift work um, and we've got a postman in the team who might be impacted upon away games um, at the moment he generally kind of makes his own way up after his shift um, but that might be um, a problem now um, but yeah it's uh, I, I think it makes complete sense I get it completely and um We've just got to try and get through this sticky period. It's going to be very challenging for clubs and, and it's something that is, is quite difficult to even prepare for. So it's about thinking on your feet and, 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 and kind of adapting as we go and, and hopefully it won't see too many clubs falling into trouble. Mackenzie, um, we've covered a lot of ground. Thank you very much indeed um, for that. It's always a pleasure chatting to you. I appreciate you know, your candour and your time and uh, I look forward to catching up with you later in the season. If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, let's have a look in the first division and we're going to kick off with um, a top-of-the-table clash, pretty much. Uh, Hallen took on Wincanton Town and I think, Tom, it would be fair to say that Hallen were very much mm-hmm. at the races. They were, yeah. There was quite a lot of big games on the weekend, wasn't there, in the first, especially quite a lot of the top sides took each other on. Uh, this was one of those and it was, yeah, Hallen who, who, who ended up winning... Winning by four goals to two, uh, twice going behind during the opening 20 minutes. Frantic start to this game, really was um, 
Yeah, really was balls to the wall. Um, as I say, Tom Richardson and Jamie Irwin twice putting Wing Canton in front uh, within the opening tournaments. But the Hallen, to be fair, then hit back uh, on both occasions pretty pretty quickly. Uh, debutant Greg Yard uh, scoring the first of their equalisers and then another from uh, a header from Martin Stow. Uh, so that obviously made it to a piece. Uh, and that was how it stayed for, for much of the afternoon, actually. Uh, 76th minute, the, the, the fifth goal came. Uh, and that was from Ethan McMahon giving Hallen their first lead of the afternoon. And then they, yeah, they wrapped it up in, um, yeah, uh, later on. Corey Thomas Barker uh, extending uh, extending their lead and, um, yeah, giving Helen a good 4-2 victory over Wincanton. That's another legal firm for you there. Mm-hmm. If we ever go into litigation, Tom, I think you should go for Corey Thomas Barker and I'll go, go for the for the other one. You go for half a penman. Good idea. Why not? I think, I think we're on for the one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's hope that never happens. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Helen. Uh, Stu Jones, wonderful to have, well, Helen back, wonderful to have Stu back on the podcast. I started my conversation with the big man by reflecting on that excellent win at the weekend and the perfect way to bounce back against that disappointing defeat midweek to Wales. I thought we played all right against Wales. Um, I wouldn't have apologised to Potts if we would have drew. We had a couple of good chances, but we didn't defend great as a group that is um, for the goals so it, it was difficult to take but yeah the right way to bounce back I would say even though we scored two goals while our keeper was Simbind at the time but eventful I mean you must be pleased with that performance though because I mean not, you know, all joking aside Wincanton we know Wincanton are a very strong side you know to come up against both of those teams in a week is, is not easy so the fact that you've come away with a win you must be pleased with that I've always uh, spoke highly of Chris and Wincanton since uh, since I first uh, locked horns with them, to be honest. Um, no, I wasn't that happy with it in the Ooh. first half. Uh, the second half was a lot better from the get-go, to be fair. Um, but, no, I wasn't overly happy in the first half. And the players knew that. Not that I went in and started chucking teacups and saucers about, but um, they were they knew. They knew. You've had some tough games, haven't you, um, so far this season? You've come up against a lot of the top sides, Wincans and Wales, we just talked about, but you played Bocco and Nailsy as well. I mean, how do you how do you rate those teams that are doing well at the top of the table? Uh, we played Briz as well on top of that. I think Wales will be, uh, I said at the beginning of the season, after they lost all telephones, if we finish above Wales, I'll be more than happy, which uh, is going to prove to be a little bit difficult now, given that the space that they've created between us and them. Um, Nelsy, I thought, even though I was watching from afar, I thought we should have beat. We had two or three great, great chances come the end, and their keeper had man of the match. So, whenever the keeper gets man of the match, that tells a story. And we played Briz. I thought we, we could have nicked something against Briz. We probably did deserve to, but we could have. Um, Oldland Babatonians away. We played. They were a tough. They were a tough ask, to be quite fair. And we have played somebody else in the match. We played Odd Down second game of the season away and got a nil nil, and that was that was a good nil nil at the time. But obviously, with all the transfers and the merry-go-round that happens now, I don't. It's uh, it's all a little bit of luck who you face on the weekends now. I think. I mean, you've talked about a lot of good sides there. Um, obviously, you left. Um, the Western League to join Hallen when uh, they were in the, the Hellenic League. So what do you make of the standard of the First Division of the Western League that you returned to? 
Uh, being, being a Bristol club, I think it's difficult because there's so many local derbies. And what, like I was going back to earlier about the luck, because you've got so many teams playing in different divisions, i.e. you've got Cribs in the Hellenic League, Mangotsburg in the Hellenic League, Bristol Manor Farm, Yates, it gives clubs opportunities to, to sign players on dual reg. So when I'm talking about luck, who you play, you, one day you could be playing against a team and another team hasn't got a game, so they dual reg the players and then you're playing against half of a, a team from a, from a diff, from afar. So it, I find it difficult, to be honest. I, I really think it's going to be difficult for all the Bristol clubs. I mean, what do you make of that? Because I've spoken to managers before on the podcast who've said that actually the, the ideal is to have a settled side. You don't want players thinking that they're disposable, that if you get a chance to bring in a better player, even if it's only for one game, that somebody's going to lose their place. I mean, it sounds to me like you've come up, uh, you know, you've, 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 you, your results have perhaps suffered because you've come up against a better, better quality of player. But is that a road that you'd want to go down? We um, we had a go at doing it last season with um, when we were struggling, bringing in a player for a game here and a player here for five, and and it doesn't work. It doesn't it doesn't knit. There's a lot that goes wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. You might fluke the odd game or a result now and again if the player knows everybody, but by and large, I don't think it works. But I don't think we've suffered too much with it uh, against ourselves. I think a few other clubs. I haven't spoke to a few other managers of have suffered with it and the player availability but I, that's just how it's going to be from now on I think that's just life you just got to get on with that Well you're 8th in the table at the moment what are your ambitions for Hallen this season? Obviously coming down and the, the, the way that the club's structured we would like to bounce back uh, as would anybody I'd love to say we'd get in the top 4 I'm not too sure if that'll happen don't get me wrong we've got a lovely group of footballers we really have got a good group of footballers. Um, I just think we need to turn some draws into wins. And you never know, you've got to put a run together. You say that, all the midweek games seem to be put to bed now, so you won't be strapping people up as much and chucking them out on the pitch. So you never know. Eight, eight wins on the bounce or, or a, a streak of eight games without defeat, and you never know what does to your dear but. It's going to be interesting. I can, there's one of ten I could name that are going to be in the top four, top six. I think. Interesting, though, isn't it? That actually, even at this early stage, because I mean, we're still in, you know, in mid-October, that the league table is is beginning to show a bit of a gap between um, certainly the top four, well, perhaps the the top five. Um, I mean, it does feel a little bit too early to be saying this season's done and dusted but you know if anybody is going to come and challenge those those sides then they're going to have to put they are going to have to put one hell of a run together yeah well you you look at the, you could do it out of cups I know that's not something that the chairmans are going to want to hear you could do it out of cups if you're looking to get promoted um, and it, it is about keeping the the, the L column to a minimal obviously but you look at these teams at the top, they got goals. They got goals like Wells, Nelsey, Briz. Oldland are strong as well. They're very strong and they work tirelessly. So and then you got the the FC Bristol gang. They could turn anybody over on their day. So there's so many good sides. Um I just don't know how it's gonna fold to be quite honest. But I would I would put my mortgage on Wells. Oh, I don't think your missus will be very happy about that. <laughs> no, well, 
they aren't when you talk about football anyway, are they? <laughs> right. Um, well, we, you've you've mentioned the top four. Obviously, we're we are working on the basis that the top four this season will be promoted to step five because of the restructuring that's going on across the Southwest Project Southwest, the merger of the Western League and the uh, Southwest Peninsula League. Previously, if you had secured promotion from our first division, given what happened to Hallen uh, when you were moved into the Hellenic League, we could have assumed that you would end up going back there. But I guess because of the restructuring, it makes it much more likely that you will stay in the in the new Project Southwest League, we'll call it. I mean, how 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 are you feeling about that proposed merger? God help us if we got to move across again. I do not want that. Not at all. We just, I don't just go in sideways. We finished our season in March last year in the Hellenic League. Um, we were in, we went down and there was teams around us still playing a month later. I've never known anything like that, ever. Um, and then we weren't able to, we had a game that we had to cancel or should have cancelled because there was no hot water because of the wind. Uh, we had a waterlogged pitch and then the chairman or who we all know sort of phoned the referee and went, no, play the game, um, which was ridiculous. And then, oh, it was just kamikaze. It's Donald Duck, if you ask me. I don't care what anybody says. It's Donald Duck. And it's a strong league as well. It's a really strong league, but whoever runs it, no, nah, not for me. Let's get back to the football. Um, I hope you like playing wing canting because you seem to be playing them an awful lot at the moment. Yep, we got them again midweek and uh, the following Saturday, so we get that long journey out of the way, which is always nice early on in the season because there's no uh, danger of it getting called off and then having to go down there midweek, so I'm not that opposed to it. But I like Chris, very hospitable bloke, got a good team, good setup, some good players, so it'll, uh, it'll tell us a bit as well about where we are, having played them away. Because that game midweek is a Les Phillips Cup game, uh, and then obviously you're you're back in league action. I mean, we we obviously have these fixture anomalies at times in the season. I've talked to other managers um, about it. Does it make it harder, or does it make it easier when you're playing a team effectively sort of three times in a couple of weeks? I mean, you know, does it make your sort of does it make the the chess match easier, or actually, do you, you know, how how do you find it? It is as it is, do you know what I mean? Like, you, Obviously, you might see one of their players go off injured or one of their players get red-carded or or whatever, and it probably keeps your mind fresh as to who plays in what slots and what they sort of do. So there is advantages and disadvantages, I will say, but like the old man's always said, you've got to play everybody twice, so just get on with it, innit? And my thanks to Stu for his time. In the first half of the podcast, of course, we had that nine-goal thriller between Canesham Town and Barnstable Town. Well, Nailsy and Tickenham, they said, hold my beer, because we've had nine in the Premier Division. We've had ten in the First Division, although the the game between Nailsy and Tickenham, and it would be fair to say high-flying AEK Bocco uh, was a little bit more one-sided than that nine-goal affair time, wasn't it? (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Nine-one. Again, another result. I don't think many people uh, would have would have uh, would have predicted uh, pre-game, uh, but they did suffer defeat against the same opposition earlier this season. So maybe there was a little bit of revenge on their mind when they kept kept scoring. Uh, but yeah, big big win for the hosts. Uh, Joe Berry seems to seems to be uh, scoring more often than not. He was among the scorers once again. Uh, he scored a brace uh, on on Saturday afternoon. Jared Ford also also scoring twice. Uh, there was a goal from Jacob O'Donnell. 
but the yeah, yeah, standout performer Luke Osgood. He he struck four times uh, to help uh, yeah help uh, put 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 Bocco to the sword. So uh, yeah, fantastic performance from Nailsy and Tickenham, who continue to impress. I would say. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, and uh, our next game is Portishead Town against uh, a team we highlighted on last week's podcast, Gillingham Town. Now, Gillingham had a pretty torrid start to this season, but they look like they're turning things around, Tom. Absolutely, yeah. It was pretty much the Gillingham pod last weekend, wasn't it? I think we couldn't couldn't turn a corner without mentioning them. And, uh, yeah, they get another another shout-out this weekend. A good uh, 2-1 win for them away at Portishead. So they followed up their first... Uh, league victory of the season last week with their first away win uh, on on Saturday. So, yeah, good stuff from uh, Gillingham, back-to-back wins. And, uh, yeah, it was Jordan Clapp and Charlie Mayo scoring uh, in the opening couple of minutes. So, they, yeah, they made a fast start pretty much picking them up uh, where they left off on the weekend. Uh, so, uh, a good good performance from the Gills. And, uh, yeah, back-to-back wins, as I say. So, uh, over another top-half opponent as well. So, uh, yeah, all the, all, the, all, the, all the signs are good for, for town at the moment. Was that Jordan Clapp with the first goal? Absolutely, that's correct. He always gets a big hand when he scores. Uh, And finally, in the first division, Well City, our league leaders, take on long-time leaders, Oldland Abertonians. A clash of the Titans at this early stage in the season. And, um, well, it was the home side that went home happy, Tom. Really was, yeah. Uh, 2-0 win, uh, showing no signs of uh, slowing up, are they? Um, they are, uh, yeah, foot to the foot to the pedal, pretty much uh, from from the moment they lost their first couple. Uh, they haven't really looked back. Charlie Crook and Adam Wright, uh, yeah, two of their uh, usual usual uh, goal scorers amongst it again on the weekend. Uh, Wright with a, another goal uh, from the spot, I think, uh, making it two 0 and that was yeah, that was how it stayed. Uh, but uh, yeah, Wells, they really are team to beat at the moment, aren't they? So Oldland obviously started the season on fire. They've cooled off a little bit, but uh, yeah, Wells, Wells uh, a bit. Too, too tough to, to handle at the moment. Less Sean Potter, more Harry Potter going on at Wales <laughs> at the moment. Um, you're a Harry. wizard, Harry. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> enough of that. Well, it's, you know, a bit of a mention of the late, great Robbie Coltrane, of course, who sadly left us um, a few days ago. Um, we should remember him. Anyway, on a brighter note, let's look forward to the fixtures on Saturday, the 22nd of October. And Tom, what's your game in the Premier Division? I've gone for the top boys. Uh, Bridgewater, obviously, having suffered their defeat. Uh, not the easiest of fixtures on, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Travelling take on Shepton, uh, who also were, yeah, I think these were the two uh, longest unbeaten runs to start the start the season, especially in the Prem. So, uh, obviously, those two have uh, suffered defeat now, uh, but they will meet on, on Saturday afternoon. So, it'll be uh, fascinating to see how they get on. And what about your game to watch in the First Division? Yeah, well, this was uh, in- interestingly, these two teams played well. So obviously Saturday, as you say, Saturday 22nd, uh, they will be playing on. They also played, should I say, on the 8th. So two weeks uh, between fixtures. Uh, and that one was uh, a 4-3 win for Nails and Tickenham over FC Bristol. And they meet again on the weekend. And it's, yeah, like I said, it's pretty, pretty, pretty fascinating to see how, uh, how this one pans out, I would say. Yes, I think if um, if this one finishes nil all, then... Yeah. Um... Well, I was Blame going to suggest me. somebody. Well, I was going to suggest somebody did a forfeit, but mm. um, you know, sort of doing the podcast in my underpants doesn't really seem to be that much of a hardship on the That's grounds that no, no one can see me. 
Anyway, right, um, I'm going to run you listeners through the FA Vars ties coming up on Saturday the 22nd of Oxford. We've got plenty of sides involved in FA Vars action. Bishops Lydiard, they entertain former Western League side Roman Glass and George. Torpoint Athletic, they travel to Brinscombe and Thrupp. Odd Down of Bath, they travel to Brixham. And Ashton and Backwell United, they make the trip to Elberton Villa. Falmouth entertain Helston Athletic in an all-Western League tie. Canesham Town, they entertain Corsham Town. And previously, of course, of this parish, that would be an entertaining game. Lydney Town take on Western League Mousel. Oldland Abertonians will entertain Shaftesbury Town. Street entertain Andover New Street. And one final Western League tie, uh, Wellington take on Barnstable Town. Uh, before we leave the listeners, Tom, let's have a quick look at the league tables. Um, you alluded to it earlier. What's the gap looking like at the top of the Premier Division? Well, uh, obviously it has closed. As we said, Bridgewater having suffered defeat. Uh, Saltash have started catching up fixtures-wise, and there is now just two points covering the top two. Uh, Bridgewater, and they've both played the same amount of fixtures, in fact, as well. Both played 16. Bridgewater played 16, won 13 of those, so still... Fantastic start. Only one defeat. Uh, 41 points. So they couldn't have done much more, to be honest. Uh, it's a yeah, fantastic effort from them. I'm sure they'll pick up and, and go again. But Saltash, they've uh, yeah, they've been chasing and they're now just two points behind. As I say, they've won 12 of their 16 matches. Uh, also only lost one. Uh, so they're on 39 points. So those two quite a bit out, out, out the way in front. But they have played more fixtures than, than the remainder of the top. Uh, let's have a look. The top 13 sides, no one else has played as many as those two. So there will be a little bit of catching up to do potentially below. Uh, Shepton, uh, as I say, taking on Bridgewater on the weekend. Uh, only lost twice this year. They've played 11 and won eight of those. They're on 25 points. Uh, you've then got Buckland and Barnstable. Um, Barnstable, obviously, uh, big winners on the weekend or, well, epic winners on the weekend. Uh, up to 23 points from their 11. And Bridge, uh, Buckland are on 24 from their 14 uh, and the other teams have passed 20 so far are Mousel, who's played 12, and uh, they've won six of those. So they're on 23 points uh, alongside Barnstable. So that's the top six in the Prem. The strongest team in the Premier Division holding the rest of them up is Bitten. They've played 13 games. They've only got four points. They're in 20th. Uh, four points above them is Canesham Town. Canesham have played 15. They've won two. They've got eight points. One point away from Torpoint Athletica in 18th. They've only played 12 games. They've got nine points. And then one point above them is Cadbury Heath. On They're in 17th. They've played 13. They've got 10 points. So congested, as you would expect, at this stage of the season at the foot of the Premier Division table. We will move into the First Division, Tom. And, um, well, Wales City, we've been talking a lot about them and uh, they continue to march out in front. Yeah, just keep racking up wins, don't they? Uh, 18 games played, 15 victories uh, and uh, just those two defeats, as I say, right at the beginning of the season. Uh, goal difference is 35, which is also the best. Uh, they've got 46 points from their 18 games, so that's some going, isn't it? Uh, you've then got Nailsy and Tickenham, uh, big winners again on the weekend. 17 matches they've played, so one in hand. Uh, and they've only lost uh, three times as well themselves, so they're on 38 points. Uh, you've then got Brislington also on 38 from 16 games played. Uh, so a terrific start from them. Another another victory for them, a uh, slim victory uh, on the weekend. Uh, you've then got Oldland, uh, who are our previous leaders, uh, 16 games played. They're on 35 points. And then FC Bristol as well. As I say, they've got a big game uh, against uh, Nailsy on the weekend. They've played 16 and they're on 30 points. So that's the uh, the top five in the in the first division. And at the bottom, 
Radstock Town have inherited the mantle of being the Devizes Town mm-hmm. <laughs> of of the Western League First Division. Come on, Ray, sort it out there. Hey. They still without a win. They played 16 games, only got six points above them. Gillingham, Gillingham on a bit of a run, of course. Two wins on the trot. Uh, they've played 14 matches. They've got nine points. Three points above them is Bishops Lydiard. Uh, they've played 13 games. They've got 12 points. Uh, Almondsbury um, are one point above them, as are Bristol Telephones. Now, Almondsbury have only played 16 games compared to Telephones um, 17. Both of those sides on 13 points. Still so much can change. We're only in October. It's Halloween, of course, listeners. We will be, I'm sure, featuring that heavily towards the end of the month, but it is a bit of a horror show for those sides at the bottom of the first division. We can only hope that they can turn things around. Um, and uh, when they, when and if they do, I'm sure you'll be reading about it in the excellent tool station, Western League Bulletin. Mm-hmm. Tom, where can the listeners find that? That is on the tool station uh, Western League website. Uh, and it's about halfway down the homepage. You can click on the uh, the tab that takes you to the, the most recent bulletin. Uh, and there is also, a, yeah, there's uh, also another tab along the top as well. So a couple of places where you can find that uh, on the uh, official website. Excellent. Tom, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. Um, as always, podcast wouldn't be the podcast if it wasn't for your excellent bulletin. So I do recommend that to the uh, the listeners. But of course, we will be catching up with you next week on the Tool Station Western League podcast.